The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath, surely give it in, Conor. Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep Mackie chance. still going. Go on, goal up. is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly will stick in your mind at the champions who showed car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> been a look, Donovan, Donovan Connor back. Wild effort on goal. It's oh, 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 Hello everybody, welcome along to the Friday GAA podcast. Hope you're well, hope you're looking forward to the weekend. I certainly am, because I'm off. Oh yeah, good boy. Yeah. Well played. Thanks Dave. That is the voice of Dave McIntyre, who is not off this weekend. He's he's doing a little bit of work for off the ball at least this weekend. Which I'm going to put in an appearance. We're always always grateful for. Uh, I get to spend the entire weekend at Temple Stadium. Okay. It's pretty cool. It is. If you're yeah. into that sort of thing. Are you staying down in Thurlis on Saturday? I'm actually night? staying in Clonmel. Why are you staying in Clonmel? There was nowhere to stay in Thurlis. Mm. Obviously yeah. the crowds are down. So you like Sample, you had that triple header there last week, two weeks ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, it's my uh, third trip there in the in the space of a few weeks. Um so I'm about half an hour away. I can get Shit. away from the mails from a sample stadium in Thurlis on Saturday night. So You'd be can... better off coming home. Would it be that far? It's well half an hour. Yeah, it's only an hour and a half. It means I can get up, take my time Sunday morning, and I can maybe get go to the gym, go for a walk, breathe gym. in. The There's not a podcast. Go to the gym. There is literally not a podcast that we can do <laughs> or anything that Dave McIntyre cannot be on air for more than five minutes without somehow mentioning no, that I he'll be going to the gym. For every ten gym mentions, at least six of them are brought up by somebody else. Mm, not I too sure. You're anyway. not the muscle, mus, musliest, musliest. You're not the what's the word? <laughs> the musliest, mus, musliest. What musliest man in the room right now? Uh, I think well, Tommy. Uh, had, I think Tommy put it up to you. Yeah, oh. I think it's probably an accurate reflection. That fair to say. That Who would win? That he's 14 years my junior. Who would is win? That, I thought you were going to say Tommy. 14. Tommy, <laughs> give him a go. Quick go there. Bit of a. Arm wrestle. We go for arm no, wrestle. you're okay, Tommy. Go on, go on, go on. No, no, I no, I'm not. I long that. since gave up. My last shred of dignity. There's really you're no You're refusing to, to arm wrestle Tommy. <laughs> a 21 year old. All those mornings that you're getting up at 6 a.m. is clearly to a, go a to bigger the individual gym. than me. I don't no, think this go- is the place in the time. The only oh, person I think who this really. Is the perfect place in the time. McIntyre against Rudy. Go on, just once, just for me. Let's see. Also, it's my right hand as well. I'm not right handed. I'll go with my left hand. <laughs> the challenge has been put down. I'd rather refrain from this challenge. Well, let me just let me just video it here as well, <laughs> so I can put it up on. Uh, Another uh, on. I've all, viral I've, again. I've already been a YouTube sensation once over the last few weeks, unwanted from my own point of view. I'm not going to open myself go to on, the same on, thing happening once more. No, you're not going to do it. You're not going to indulge. Go on. Let's see. Will it be over in six seconds? Because that's all I've gotten this fine. <laughs> Tommy's Tommy's going with his bad hand. It may well you're be in. over. He's in six up. Seconds. He's ready. He's ready. Go on. Have you not seen the YouTube video of a, man's, of a man's arm breaking in an arm yeah, wrestle? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Tommy's yeah. ready. Just it do may it. Well, Just it do may it. well. I need, I need my use of my left hand for many things. Just do the bloody <laughs> thing. Let him beat you. I'm not bowing down to this kind of peer pressure. Oh, for God's sake. I'm too old in the toot for that. Tommy, how are you? I'm good, Nathan. That was I'm your good. chance. I know. Smack him in the head or something. There, ah, there was no, Tommy's I... chance to what impress. 
yeah. by beating Dave McIntyre in an yeah, arm wrestle. Give him a decent shoulder as you're going out of the studio. If that's the height yeah. of uh, Tommy's strength and conditioning goals, he's got a major problem. He'll <laughs> never play for Mead if that's the height of his objective. What's going on with Mead Hill? Uh, Division 3 final tomorrow. So Ooh. you won last weekend? We won last weekend. Excellent. Yeah, give so Mickey so Burke a good... Uh, no, Mickey, it wasn't. It was Bracky. Oh, I see. So, right. so who are you playing tomorrow? Same team as last weekend, Ballinabracky. And what did you win by last weekend? We won by seven. So they were resting of, everybody last weekend? No, they no? had the full team, but I, I, I don't know. They, they weren't really going at it, they, though, under, they? they were, but oh. we put up a big second half performance. So essentially what you're saying is they threw everything at it last week and you still beat them by seven I'd points. I'd say so they've got a little bit more in the tank. So they've been four Can you bet now? on this? I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't checked that out. If you can have a little bet. It'll Where do you play? Centre back. Centre back. Recently. Powering presence at yeah. centre half back. It's a new. I kind of got kicked out of midfield because. Do you employ the sweeper system? The I can either confirm you're or deny. You're spending too much time in the tactics. office. So they kicked you out of midfield. Yeah, not running enough anymore. So are you more of a Kieran Martin centre half or a Keen O'Sullivan slash Jer Brennan remain in place centre half? Kieran Martin centre half is then he doesn't know how to play centre half <laughs> oh, or shots fired what he's playing wing forward this weekend yeah yeah. I thought you made a Kieran Martin centre half in that everybody watches him at centre half going what is he doing there yes. he's useless they should just stick why, him in at full forward why not put him up front where he'll score 2-3 in the blink of yeah. an eye no I'm kind of just learning my trade at the minute so I'm sitting You're back learning your sit, trade sitting back a bit it's 5.30 tomorrow even 5.30 tomorrow so you can have yeah. a couple of drinks tonight you can head out tonight and you'll be grand for the morning oh no I'll save myself for an on Saturday night and you can listen for the, to the first half an hour of our first live game of the weekend yeah, yeah. before he takes to the field <laughs> before he takes it, you'll have the that's, that's what he'll be warming up yeah. alright so uh, it's well it's one of the quieter weekends now and they're all going to be quietish weekends but bigger games yes so tomorrow two football matches Sunday, two hurling matches. We have Westmead against Fermanagh live and off the ball tomorrow. Ushin is going to be on commentary alongside Woolley and Billy Joe Padden. And then Kildare take on Cork at Semple Stadium at 7 o'clock. I thought Woolley was injured. Yeah. He's Did declared his availability. I was trying to put a little bit of pressure on him during the week. About I'm his not quite sure exactly toe. what turned him in the end. But he has decided that he can put himself to the pain barrier. For Do you suspect he listened to the Connacht final last week? Heard Billy Joe Padden. Ripping it up on the sideline. Bringing it to a whole new level. Yeah, maybe. You could tell you know. there was a real bond between Billy Joe and James Horn, And Woolley's like, yeah. just feeling a little bit left on the outside. We've seen many people return to the fray before they should have done carrying an injury because they were worried that they were going to be usurped by a, pre- a great pretender. Would it not be an interesting dynamic to have two sideline reporters on opposite ends of the field? Well, we could do it Pitting tomorrow. them against each other. We have Because we have Billy Joe... And, and we Wally. have Wally. Yeah. yeah. And just have Oshin in the commentary box on his own. Yeah. <laughs> and the two lads facing off from across the pitch. It'd be like a battle. Yeah. Of minds. It'd be like linesmen. Of analysis. And would Billy they be Joe. on both sides of the field or well, would they be moving up and down? Well, yeah, but they'd be kind of opposite corners. And Is it kind of like different a lot of people feel you need two referees now? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was need. thinking. Just there's so much going yeah. on, you know? So, and they could do it so that Billy Joe never takes his eyes off this half of the field and Wally only has to cover this half of the field. Like that's where you're getting the best analysis, the most in-depth yeah. coverage. We might try that someday, sure. Sure. Who's going to be on sideline then tomorrow, I wonder? Will it be Wooly? It's Wooly. Oh, yeah. Now, Wooly is the sideline reporter. Billy Joe Billy Joe has yet to find himself in that position when Wooly was fit and available. Right. And Billy Joe, I think he'd be, he'd be happy enough to be up in the commentary box. Uh, so, Westmead against Fermanagh, our live game tomorrow. Uh, Westmead looking to bounce back from the Leinster final where they played well for half a game and I'm one of those who feels they did the right thing against Dublin 
They changed their tactics. They tried to keep it low scoring. It worked out to a certain degree. They were only four points down at half time. 90 seconds of madness and mm-hmm. it was game over. Yeah. But they certainly didn't humiliate themselves the way Longford did or, Sligo. or Kildare. Like if you can compare the two situations in which Sligo and Fermanagh find them, or Westmead find themselves in heading into the final round of the qualifiers, from a mental point of view, they're vastly different. Yeah. Sligo just annihilated. It was one of the greatest massacres we've ever seen at senior inter-county inter- championship level. And Westmead, as you say, the game plan worked because they were never going to win. Whether they were being by a point or 25 points, it was never going to happen. And they left Croke Park with their dignity, with their pride and with their mental capacity intact. And I think that's a win for them. They were 70 minutes away from quarterfinal before the Dublin game. They're still 70 minutes away. And now they're in a 50-50 game. Yeah. Super chance. They did lose something, though, in Croke Park. They lost John Heslin. Mm. Well, you could say that they lost John Heslin before that because he clearly was not fit enough to play and he pretty much con- contributed nothing while he was on the field. He was clearly very hampered. So I could, you could really say that after the Mead game, he was gone. We're going to hear from Pete McGrath on tomorrow's show, but it's been a hell of a season for Fermanagh. They won Division 3, uh, got promotion to Division 2, and for a period put it up to Monaghan before they were well beaten. Yeah. And then a couple of wins over Antrim, and that victory against Roscommon. Like they're going to be going into this just buzzing. I know. Um we don't know that much about Fermanagh. We got Niall McCoy on off the ball last night to tell us. Um, he's on about how impressive they are around the middle of the field with Owen Donnelly and Richard Callaghan and, and Ryan Jones dropping back from corner forward. Pete McGrath is obviously a brilliant manager and he's he's brought them through the the, the campaign so far and they just got that. It was, u- was, it was unity of purpose that he was really emphasising on the show last night, wasn't yeah. it? That they all know the roles under Pete McGrath, that everybody is pulling in the same direction and that they're because we've seen it for, with Fermanagh several times over the last few years players dropping off the panel guys not uh, turning out even from pre-season onwards some of their best players in the county not playing for them managers being kicked out by the players and going back to really 2008 when they got to the Ulster final they haven't done nothing since and he was talking on that sh- on the show last night about how they seem like a real team yeah and like Russ Common I think took the eye off the ball in that game took off different players Again, but that again. They did it one. The way they did against Sligo. But that comeback from Fermanagh, like the mm. points they were kicking, the belief they had in themselves, just shows that these boys believe that they can go far and they, they can they can definitely make it like a, a quarter final. Like looking at division, looking, at, looking at division three this year, you wouldn't have thought that Fermanagh would have gotten near no. getting out of there. Not That'd a chance. Been, you would have said there's a, if there's one team that could possibly even remotely get close to a quarter final for division three, it's Armagh. Yeah. And now look where they are. And for man to get to the last date would Romana. be quite an astonishing achievement. Mm. Mm. It really, would. I think, it would be up there with anything Pete McGrath's achieved with Down, and that's obviously a pretty stark st- statement to make. You lost money yourself there, Dave. Two Ulster titles <laughs> to two All Irelands. Maybe I have extended myself a little, but it would be a massive achievement. How do you think Westmeath will line up, Tommy? So will they go back to the formation? And I know John Heslin is missing, and that changes everything in in a sense. But do they go back to the way? they set up for the second 35 minutes against Mead or do they stick with the slightly more defensive game plan that we saw against Dublin um, that second 35 against Mead I'd say it'll be more like that it won't be exactly like that because that was just a that was an extreme freak. set of circumstances that was an extreme set of circumstances like you Literally had, you had players in lose. different places yeah you had half back lines pushed up it'll be it'll be more similar to that Kieran Martin's named at 12 he'll play in it you'll presume he'll play in the full forward line but they've got Dennis Glennon in there now too Shane Dempsey 
he was very lively against Dublin. Like he, Johnny Cooper was taken off if he got booked. Like Dempsey, he won ball out in front, but he was just taking his shots from 45, 50 yards. He was too far out. He was the only man up there. He was the wrong man to have up there, as I said in the show. John Cannellan is back in. It, it's like he made a huge impact against Mead, injured against Dublin. If he can, if he can be involved, and he can bring something to the table, he'll be dangerous. Um, in midfield, they've got Caroon and Paul Sherry. I'd say Ray Cannellan will drop back into midfield. Um, they've named John Gilligan wing forward as well. He's a defensive-minded player. He'll play in the half-back line. So uh, I'd say it will seem like it would be nothing like the, the Dublin setup, yeah. 30 men behind the ball. Because there's no point in that, because Westmead couldn't attack. They had no mm. offensive game plan for that game. So it'll be more like the Mead second-half performance. It's a really interesting game, because whichever team wins, it's a very successful season for them. Yeah, well, Fermanagh clearly in bonus territory at this stage. I mean, if they don't win at the weekend... They'll be disappointed, but it's not like it's a disaster. And you, you're right, you'd probably say the same for Westmeath. Getting to a Leinster final was something, I'm sure, if you asked the players before the Louth game, that do you think you'll reach a Leinster final? I'm sure they wouldn't have been overly confident that that mm. was going to happen for them. And then they were trailing for much of the game against Wexford before they rattled off 110 in the blink of an eye, just like they did against Meath. So they're a bonus territory as well. And that, that is why it is such an intriguing game. You've are they a team particularly going fit down. team? Are they a group of players that you look at and think, well, these guys have taken the fitness to an extra level well well, they're playing for the full 70 mm. minutes and they did against Dublin as well they Apparently, didn't just roll over and die mm. like Longford did like I'm, I'm, I'm sh- if there are some Longford players listening to this podcast they just gave up the ghost in the last 10 or 15 minutes and Dublin were just kicking score after score after score Kildare just lay down and died against Dublin I think Dublin kicked 7 points from play in, in, about, in a 4 minute spell between the 65th yeah. and 70th minute Kildare just were gone they were not willing to try and keep the score down in any way West, Westmead actually just hung on hung on right to the very end they did it against Wexford and they did it against Mead exactly. when if their belief was a little lower they would have just been beaten yeah. so it does look like they're fit enough um, mentally and physically to really take it all because if you could this this is one game this weekend they could easily go to extra time apparently Cribben has brought it old school and has them running laps and had them running laps loads of laps early in the season and that's what I've heard I don't know whether that's what's paying dividends you didn't bring them up to Betty's Town and, and have them run along the beach I don't, I don't and know. have them puking up and puke all over themselves and I'm then bringing sure. everyone else around the circle well, and West Mead the loud train in Mead are they? I'm sure they wouldn't have them there into uh, enemy territory yeah listen whatever he's done they're finishing games very very strongly you know they won as Dave said they won that game against Loud in the last few minutes finished well against Wexford won 10 and bet Mead blew Mead out of the water so you know they're doing something right fitness wise so that's 5 o'clock tomorrow, live on Off the Ball. Westmeath against Fermanagh at Kingspan, Brittany Park. Just in case the Cabin Piero is listening and <laughs> preparing his email. Um, and then at 7 o'clock, Kildare against Cork. You can listen to this on, or you can watch this on Sky Sports if you want. We're not on there at that stage. Dave, you're going to be on commentary? Free plug. Wow. Yeah, I'll be commentating on that game. And I don't know, it's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah, it is, because Cork are a far better team than Kildare and the only reason we're really giving Kildare a chance is because of the seven day turnaround I'm glad you said it's a seven day turnaround yeah. Nathan because I listened off the ball last night and I don't know how many times the lads refer to the six day turnaround it's not it's Saturday to Saturday seven days fact anyway let's move on from that minor trivial issue Brian Hurley's been dropped for Cork their forward line have been massively disappointing this year I know Colin O'Neill has had his career wrecked with injuries but O'Neill and Hurley, on paper, when you look at Cork, and when we've looked at them at the start of the championship, say, that's as good a full forward line with those two in there as anybody has. But they, 
is it that they're out of form or is it just that the supply hasn't been there for them so far? It's hard to know. I mean, it's more so Brian Hurley. Yeah. I mean, he's kicked one point from play in this year's championship and I mean, that was against Clare. Colm O'Neill is patchy in games, but I mean, what there is no such thing as an inside forward dominating a game. James mm. O'Donoghue does it from time to time, maybe. Jamie Clark, we see do it. Bernard Brogan on occasion. But I mean, you're only as good as the ball that's coming into you. And Colm O'Neill has been up against one of the best markers in the country over the last 10 years, in the last two matches. And he's still come out with a decent score. He won four yeah. the first day and he got three points the second day. And there's nothing wrong with that in two Munster finals, particularly in the second day in dreadful weather conditions yeah. when your team were pretty much on the back foot for probably the last 40 minutes of that game so I certainly wouldn't be worried about the form of Colm O'Neill at the moment the other big plus for them has been Donegal O'Connor because I mean he played 35 minutes of championship football last season he had a whole series of injuries ankle Achilles tendon problems hamstring problems and he was really thinking of retiring at the end of last season's championship played over half an hour against Mayo and that was it but he looked really good in the drawn game against Kerry. That lovely flick goal over the head of Brendan Keighley. He had two really brilliant thinking, points just before that. Two great scores. Yeah. And it looks like he's sharp and fit and fresh, actually, even though he's the oldest person in the Cork squad. Those two are the key men. Daniel Gilding, I think, might have a role to play, but I don't know what the situation was with him. He's now out of favour under Brian Cooper towards the end of the tenure of Conor Coonan. He was out of favour. Yeah. Hasn't started a championship match since the Munster final against Kerry last year on a day the Cork were whitewashed. I don't know what... The, he's just not fancied anymore, Daniel Gooding. He's now 29 and you could already, already say that the be, his best years are behind him. So, when it comes to the Cork forwards and people are always saying, oh, they have a great forward line the service was just good. Well, it's really only Colm O'Neill plus one other on any given day. But I don't know who the star is behind Colm. And there are a lot of great forwards when you look around the country at the moment. Is this a golden era for forward play? Even though people might think that Gaelic football has got quite negative, that actually... In, when you look at the individuals involved and you go from Aidan O'Shea playing as a forward Killian O'Connor Conor McManus Flynn Connolly Kilkenny Brogan Was it not James always O'Donoghue the yeah. Were there not always six or seven guys who you thought absolute top class like obviously their names rattle off now you're talking about Cooper you're talking about O'Donoghue McManus O'Connor Brogan um, Jamie yeah. Clark You had your Joyce McDonald's yeah, I'm thinking around that like if you were to say pick Canavan. Say 2001, the year going with the All-Ireland. Mm. So you would have had Canavan, you would have had Joyce, you would have had... Um, Giles, Gerdy, Murphy. Yeah, from a me point of view. Mike Frank Russell. Johnny Crowley, who on his day was just untouchable. Um, Morris Fitz was at the end of his career, but he was still extremely good, as he showed at times in 2001. I think there's always been five or six absolute elite top class yeah, forwards yeah. if no matter what area you're picking go back five or six years previous to that so you've got like Brawley you've got Canavan you've got um, Mickey Linden you've got James McCartan you've got just a couple of the guys who would have been that mead full forward line like Bernard Flynn and there's always been I think five or six great players in the inside forward lines but if you do make a valid point in that there are many of them now mm. I mean eight or nine counties could claim to have the best forward in the country at the moment Kildare have been so average this season in the championship and they're really just here by the look of the draw at this stage if we take Cork out of it and we were just putting them up against a division one side any other division one side would you give Kildare a hope in hell no wouldn't give them a hope in hell do you give Um, them a hope in hell this weekend uh, no I think Cork's going to beat them Um, I know they hammered Longford but Kildare for me just looked like they lacked belief all year like they brought Time enough, they brought Nod Kelly and Tommy Mulek back and they made a huge difference the last day. But 
when you're looking through that Kildare team, you're just not filled with confidence. You know, Alan Smith will kick your points, Callahan will kick points, O'Flaherty will kick his freeze, Colin McNally and Porkinu will work hard in half forward line, but I just don't think that they, they have enough firepower up there to do damage. Um, who's going to be on Colin O'Neill next week? Will Ollie Lyons mark him? Cornerback? No, I don't know. Um, I mean, Peter Kelly's fit again, but he's not going to start. Yeah. If and you like, look at the top guys you mentioned, like look at Porg O'Neill, Ono Flaherty, Alan, Alan Smith and Eamon Callaghan. Mm. All four of those started the last time these two sides met in 2012 when Cork annihilated Kildare yeah, in the yeah. second half. And that was the day where you knew they're, gonna, they're never going like to win anything under Kieran McGinney. Them boys have always been there and they've never... And they weren't good enough yeah. then. All talented footballers, no yeah, question. Yeah. And have showed some really bright moments in this year's championship, particularly in the replay against Leash. But if they weren't the answer then, albeit Cork are probably a better team then than they are now. But I'm looking at the games that Kildare have won, and you mentioned them. They sh- were should have been beaten by Leash. There's no question Leash threw that one away, snatched yeah. a, a draw from the jaws of victory. And they we subsequently saw how poor Leash are against Antrim and how they've absolutely no belief in themselves. And then they struggled to beat Offaly by two mm. points. With either one, that has to be, you have to read a huge amount into that performance. And then hammered Longford. That's fair enough. It's the only really bright spot on us. Dreadful season. Relegated for the second season in a row. And as you said, the seven-day turnaround is probably the only reason you give Kildare a chance in this game. The most... Sorry, um, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is how Cork set up. Because Paul Kerrigan didn't play that same role last week that he played the first day. Um, he played more more of a running role. and I think Paddy Kelly and Mark Collins were dropping deeper. You know, Paddy Kelly has missed out this week. Owen Cadigan has nailed the midfield. Kevin O'Driscoll has been dropping into midfield. So where's Cadigan going to play? Is Cadigan going to drop? Colin O'Driscoll is a he's a he's a he's a runner. Like he'll he'll drop deep from half forward and he'll run. So you're going to see Cork breaking like they did against Kerry in the first game with the likes of Barry O'Driscoll, Brian O'Driscoll, Colin O'Driscoll, all running from deep, running at Kildare. I think they'll do damage like that to the way they did against Cork. Like they oh sorry the way they did against Kerry, they opened them up so well, and you know they conceded two terrible goals that lucky penalty. Mm that atrocious mistake by Michael Shields and they would have been home home and dry that day if it wasn't for that could have would have shut it Tommy mm. what's on Callaghan's best position? <laughs> I don't know I mean how many we've seen him play so many games in the full back line and the half back line and the midfield what, what, are, what are his greatest attributes? like Owen is seen as he's a, not big a enough to be man. a commanding midfielder he's, I think he's I think his best role is as a man marker cornerback gets into the exactly gets mm. into the face of the opponent's best player yeah Keith Higgins type basically follows him around I'm thinking like the job that Noel O'Leary did and Marty Clark in the yeah. 2010 All-Ireland I think that's the role that Cadigan should be playing like if Cadigan stuck to Alan Smith like a leech tomorrow night I think you guarantee Cork winning the game yeah because I can't see Kildare scoring more than 110 the fighting images of Owen Cadigan in my mind are the clashes with Paul Gallagher. Yeah, you know, stopping the opposition's yeah, riling an opponent, not, a destructive you know, player, absolutely, as yeah. opposed to because you have to be constructive in a midfield role of some mm. some kind because you're going to get on the ball an awful lot more. You need to be able to instigate attacks. Your foot passing has to be good. Your engine has to be excellent. I don't know if he's playing in his best position. Will he play there tomorrow? We'll see. But yeah, I think his overall his best position is just nullifying somebody else. So Sunday then, uh, the All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinals, double header down in Thurless. Dublin against Waterford. We will have that game live on Off the Ball at 2 o'clock throw-in. Uh, Brian Hogan and Owen Kelly 
will be on commentary alongside Dave and we'll also have full coverage of Cork against Galway which throws in at 4 o'clock you covered Dublin against Limerick in the last round when Dublin looked dead and buried I was just listening back to your commentary and you said they looked like a team who just don't believe in their manager yeah they weren't first half they were not playing for their manager they I, I don't have a statistic on and obviously a 50-50 ball is open to interpretation how do you you know, specifically define what a 50-50 challenge is. But we all have a fair idea in our minds of what we believe that to be. I'd say the first 25 minutes, they might have won two. Every single time there was a ball to be won, Limerick came away with it. Every single time there was a hook or a block to be put in, it was the Limerick man that came out either side on the positive side of it. And they were absolutely awful. They weren't quite as bad as they were in the first 20 minutes against Galway, but they weren't a million miles away from it. And yeah. Limerick kicked eight wides in that spell. Yeah. They could easily have been 16 points clear and it would have been one of the darkest drubbings that Dublin have got in recent years. But Limerick have their own problems, their own issues. And Dublin found some character from somewhere at halftime. I don't know whether it came from the manager or whether it came from the more experienced players in the team like Ryan and Keeney and Ryan O'Dwyer and, and Liam Rush. Yeah, Keeney was, was four. Yeah, but did, did Rush change the way he his position in that game because early on Rush was Limerick had just completely he was just on him. the periphery completely on yeah, the periphery and did he just decide to was it a management role like did he just decide to he held his position a bit more yeah and he cleaned up I in the think there half. was a some of that the fact that Limerick started to hit balls down his throat as yeah. well and any centre half back can look like a million dollars if the ball has just been pumped in on top of him and, and he's great under the high ball as well yeah Tommy put his hand up there <laughs> and uh, but you have to hand it the way Dublin responded in that second half. Now, Paul Ryan had one of those worldly days. Yeah, that everything just went he over. It does happen to him, actually, from time to time, because it did happen in 2011 as well when they won the, the league title and in 2013 or 2012 when they won the Leinster title. He had a couple of days like that. He's certainly not a consistent performer. No. Some days he's the best hurler in the country. Is that going to happen again on Sunday? Two games in a row? Yeah. It's unlikely. Unlikely. Ryan had six from play. Five or six points came from little pockets about 60 metres out in the sideline. Just Three carbon copies points. over his left shoulder. Absolutely top class. But how can you let him do that five times? You know, his yeah. first one picked it up in the run on the right sideline. Second one is on the left sideline. Then there's three in a row towards the end of the game where he just gets the ball up in the, the right half forward position, turns and flies it over the bar. Like, Waterford obviously will have seen that and won't allow him that. And I think they've more belief in themselves space. than that Limerick team had. Absolutely. Because Waterford know who they ebbing are. away from Limerick particularly with 10 minutes to go and Dottie O'Callaghan got his goal mm. suddenly Limerick thought you know what we're in real trouble here and I don't think we're going to be able to pull it back whereas if Waterford found themselves in a similar position I think they might have a little more in them a Definitely. little more about themselves and they have quite a strict game plan which didn't go overly wrong against Tipperary they were just beaten by probably a more experienced team they were taking shots from stupid positions yeah. at times Waterford so if they just get back into training for a couple of weeks and tighten it up and learn a few lessons this is a game you would expect Waterford to go on and win. Yeah, I would agree. I think the game plan suits Dublin. Dublin. It does not suit Tipperary and it doesn't suit Kilkenny. And this is a point that Owen Kelly and um, Tommy Donnelly, who were part of our coverage of the Munster Hurling final, consistently made that afternoon that when you play the way Waterford do and you restrict yourself so much on the offensive side, your economy has to be absolutely yeah. incredible. Your percentage has to be brilliant. You need to be scoring from... 70% of your chances because you're not going to create as many Watford were in the 40 percentage against and, and that was the yeah. biggest problem because and then as they became more desperate the point you made they began to shoot from impossible angles the inside forwards are completely starved of possession and therefore their most talented players went out of the game against Cork it worked to a T twice in the league final and in the Munster semi-final victory and you would think that because Dublin don't have this stellar line of attacking players 
I think Waterford will be able to snuff the likes of Ryan out, snuff the likes of Keeney out, Dotty O'Callaghan. And Dublin probably won't score more than 215 in this game yeah. at the absolute most. Waterford will think they'll be able to put up a score like they'll that. They'll be doing well to score 215 against yeah. Waterford. Yeah. As well. They probably will. Maybe Absolutely. more 115 or 110. They aren't going to give up goal opportunities either. Yeah. Um, the, like Waterford lost a tip by five. Four temporary scores in that second half came from Waterford. A Waterford wide or a Waterford shot dropping short. Now Lamara, Bubbles got two, Lair got one. Like they're just killer blows. Like Waterford trying to stay stay in touch. And next thing, stupid shot. Whether it was Dunford once or twice, more and took one or two wild ones. Tip went straight back up and knocked it over the bar, and that just that killed the team in the last ten minutes. Like, and that's exactly what happened. They weren't that far away. Offensively, is there, more, is there more pressure on Waterford? I mean, they are expected to win it, aren't I'd, they? I'd they, were, they won the yeah. lead. They got to a monster final. Whereas Dublin, maybe yeah. I've got to the the All Ireland series. Are you are you better off being a defensive side when you're on on when you're under that sort of pressure and when there is that sort of expectation on you because you're not really expected to rack. It's easier to defend than it is to attack. I don't think that this pressure is necessarily a bad thing for Waterford as well because they know exactly who they are and they know what McGrath wants from. They believe in Derek McGrath. Dublin haven't a clue who they are. Jerry Cunningham made seven or eight big positional changes, rushing the full forward, keen you back to the half back line, Sutcliffe to midfield. They're all thrown at the window. Limerick game, like yeah. yeah, huge amount of switches for the leash match, and yeah. almost you could say their season started in yeah. at, the, at the leash game, Dublin, Dublin, which, was, which was their third championship match. Now, I would say, like, it's a massive opportunity for Dublin. And if you look at the history books, I was just going through them earlier in the week 50 years they waited for a place in the All Ireland semi final, they won the Leinster title in '61, and they had to wait 50 years. If they win on Sunday, it's their third All Ireland semi final in five seasons. That's some turnaround. And throw in two major trophies as yeah. well, the Leinster title and the league title. It, I don't know what they're doing. Now, it did just seem that they were so poor in the first half against Limerick that the second half was almost like Ireland in Paris under Trapattoni in 2010. That it seemed as though the players went in at halftime and decided, okay, we're not going to go out this way. Maybe. Maybe. It, That's a terrible indictment of Jared Cunningham if there's even a shred of truth in that. If you look at Dublin, you think of three of the worst first half performances delivered by any team from January onwards have been delivered by Dublin. First half against Cork at Croke Park, which is up there at the worst performance I've ever seen from a senior inter-county team. It was like Cunningham had flogged them on the training pitch for two hours and then the ball was thrown up against Cork during the league. They were absolutely horrendous against Galway in the replay and they were dreadful for the first 25 minutes, half an hour against Limerick. Yeah. That's happening all too often and it could happen again on Sunday because as Tommy said, you kind of sum it up pretty well there, Tommy. We don't know who Dublin well done, are. Tommy. Just pat him on the back there. A little tap on the head, little Dave. Tap on the head. Good lad. Good lad, Tommy. Sure, he's well only just out done. of school. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see in the arm wrestle before the end of the show. <laughs> so, yeah. Cork against Galway. Uh, four o'clock throw-in. Cork, uh, as always, we'll go into this with no tactics at all. Just play, <laughs> yeah, right. play hurling the way it's meant to be played. And uh, Galway, who... Kind of like Waterford against Kilkenny, or Waterford in against Tip in the Munster final. Galway against Kilkenny were right in it for a long period, but it was just the same old failing that Kilkenny had their spell in Galway, some poor wides, and just just drifted out of the game. It was really deflating, wasn't it, watching Galway in that last twenty five minutes, particularly because they got their goals at crucial yeah. times, and you thought that'll give them savage belief. Now, mm. Canning's goal was a thing of absolute beauty, oh, yeah. and you're thinking. If ever they needed a pick-me-up on a difficult day against the best team in the country, that moment is the sort of thing they would have been desperate for and they just don't build on it at all. And it's suddenly, almost a lack of realisation of how important these games are. Maybe it's a lack of belief, though. Yeah, Did yeah, they really perhaps. think they could beat Kilkenny that day? That's the question I'd have. But they almost looked as well, though, as if 
they weren't overly upset by losing to Kilkenny that Kilkenny know the best route is the direct route. Win Leinster, All-Ireland semi-final, the least amount of games, the better. Whereas Galway think, well, sure, if we lose here, we're into an All-Ireland quarter-final Does nobody in Galway should ever have that feeling because their, their quarter-final record is just yeah. beyond belief mm. it's so bad. It's the worst in the country of the top teams, not even close by an absolute mile. I think they've won one of their last ten which is quite an astonishing statistic when you think of how open a lot of these games are. They've had some terribly dark days in the All-Ireland quarterfinals in Semple Stadium. And I remember three years ago, or 2011, was it, when uh, Tipperary beat them in the All-Ireland quarterfinal? Everyone expected them to win, but Galway just couldn't cope with it. And I think, it was actually the year Tip won the All-Ireland, it was 2010, and Tip were just too much, too much for them on the day. So... Tipperary or Goey thinking, you know, we'll be all right if we get to Semple Stadium of the quarters. You never are. You're never okay at that mm. stage. But I, I would think it's more down to belief that there just weren't enough guys in that. Like if you, if you think of the Goey performance of the Ireland final in 2012, that looked like a team that really thought we've beaten Kilkenny once already this season. This we chance. can do it again. Yeah. I didn't think any of them showed like they really felt they could beat uh, Kilkenny two weeks ago. Yeah, and there was a lack of discipline at times against Kilkenny in the Leinster final, and that's the one thing that you cannot do against Cork because Pat Horgan will score 12 points yeah. in the place ball without blinking and that I guess is is that Cork's biggest asset? Horgan? Yeah. Uh, they use them I thought they used them quite well against Clare the winning of the game was his two or three points from the left half forward position in the last couple of minutes and before that he'd been quite quiet um, they left Hernady and Connerly Han inside for most of that game um, I don't know whether to do that again this weekend are they getting the most out of Cadigan? Or is he just now a marked man? I don't he was after a brilliant yeah. championship last year. And what is it with the Cadigans? <laughs> well, Alan is obviously quite still inexperienced and he's a, a supreme talent. But I just wonder, are people alive to... Because he's this real live, wild danger, doesn't he? Yeah. Maybe. It's difficult when you kind of burst down with that. Yeah. He's so keen that sure he didn't do a thing after his debut. Lehan probably had a similar problem in his second year as well. Yeah. The wins over Clare and Wexford, I mean, how much has it brought up pumped them on, I wonder? That's, that's the big question, isn't it? Are they... Are they re- were they really good in those two games? Mm. Or Wexford dreadful as they were against Kilkenny yeah. and never looked remotely close to coming close to Cork. And Clare are like just in the midst something. of just mm. yeah. a great depression. Um, so how good were Cork? It's hard to know. And like He's named Aidan Walsh in, the mid- in midfield this weekend. Walsh is phenomenal against Clare in the half-back line. He made some brilliant blocks and brilliant tackles. It's hard to know how they're going to set up because the way they have Mark Ellis playing as a centre-back dropping deep Brian Lawton picked up Tony Kelly um, in the Clare game. So are they going to let Ellis drop? I probably, they probably will let Ellis drop in front of the full forward line once again because, you know, Galway are so dangerous going with direct ball. Like, where, is Walsh going to drop back? Is it going to be Daniel Kearney dropping back? It'd is be Lawton strange drop back again? with Walsh having played so well at wing back against back Clare to stick him back in oh, the midfield. I don't understand it. I don't see who else you're going to put into midfield there. Uh, maybe Lawton will go into midfield, I'm not sure. If Galway win this, they'll play tip, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And they could beat Tip if they oh, were yeah. to win this game. I think they're the most physically primed team in terms of just the sim- simply just looking at them. I don't know of a team that looked bigger, that looked stronger. And if they could just get their minds right. But <laughs> we've been saying this right away for 20 years. If they could just get their minds right. Yeah. I think if they were to win, they could really have an awful crack at Tipperary. Yeah. But they left be, behind it last year. be backing them to win it though. Right, so that's four o'clock Sunday. It is a busy old weekend on Off the Ball. Anything else, lads? Are we going to have this arm wrestle? Nah. 
Ah, there's no future Dave. in it for me. Ah, Dave. You know, I'm an. I'm this an could a- be a big moment. All the all those early mornings in the gym. This could be where it's all worth. I'm a vaging, I'm a, an aging veteran here. Listen, I'm quietly delighted that Dave has refused. Pro- t- to be fair, Tommy probably has I lost, more to lose. I lost to Woolley in a press competition, 55 to 54. Up on the roof a few months ago. Well, he could beat him in a press-up Was that 55 Dave. consecutive press-ups? No yeah. break. Oh, well, but I don't know. I, I'd like right, to see video evidence. I, I think sure Woolley did cheat. I'm pretty sure he did. You did 54 consecutive press-ups with no break. Yeah. That's astonishing. Within a minute. 54 press-ups in a minute. Still lost to Colin Parkinson. If I, if I broke 20, I'd be amazed. Let's do that. All right. Down on your hands and knees there, McIntyre. So I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking 20, right? All right. Jeez, I may even not even get to We're not doing this on air, are we? Right, if you can't if you can't reach twenty, you have to arm wrestle Tommy. <laughs> All right, come on, Dave. All right, so Dave McIntyre is. I'm not sure how interesting commentating on. All right, we got one, two, three. He's looking quite comfortable. Four. You you counting, Tommy? Yeah. All right, Tommy's counting. I've lost count, which Seven, is golden eight, rule of commentary. You don't want to nine, do that. He's looking ten. quite comfortable. Very good form. The he form was up very at quarter good. six this morning in the gym. Suck that stomach in, Dave. Yeah, they have the bellies hanging. 16, the little bit that's left. 16, 17, that's 20 of Did you get to 20? 20. There we go. Oh, well done. Well done, Dave. So we said if that's you got impressive. to 20, you had to arm wrestle Tommy. <laughs> 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 I don't know what I could have got to, but I know I'm out of breath. All right. I certainly wouldn't have got to 54 anyway. Well, that was a interesting way to finish the podcast. We well done, Dave. talking you've, about me till we finished with some press-ups. You've, fin- you you've, you've proven something of a point. A minor one. A, a minor point, but <laughs> Tommy still... I think, Tommy, you can take a lot away from this. Yeah, You struck the yeah. fear of God into Dave McIntyre. Absolutely. That is true. He did. I'm quaking here. Tommy, Dave, enjoy your weekend. Best of luck tomorrow, Tommy. Thanks, Nathan. Dave, Thanks, enjoy Clonmel. Have fun. I will. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Last time in the church be the last time in the church. Dead pledge allegiance to CDs and movies. Leaving reality, believing fantasy. Leaving fatalities, too many formalities. Prayers laced with fear, beware. Two triple zero is here. It might feel good, it might sound a little something. But damn the game, if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something. The game, if it ain't saying nothing. Game. She got game, we got game, they got game, he got game.